And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is psychic medium Ellen Red. Ellen has had multiple near-death experiences, OBEs, and now we're going to learn about them. Ellen, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Ellen, <laughs> my audience loves to hear about NDEs. So if you don't mind, can we start with one of yours? Sure. Um, obviously, I always start with telling everybody about the first one, which is when I was four years old and I was in a swimming pool and I didn't know how to swim and I fell off the stairs and the water swished me out and I drowned. And um, I had the whole experience of going through the tunnel. I was I was having a conversation with God. I was pissed off because I didn't understand why I was being uh, taken back so soon. I knew that I was so little, so I didn't understand why they would call me back so soon. And um, I got to the other side and saw angels and I was, I was embraced by, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, beings that I knew I had like a soul knowing of who they were. And they, it was a very comforting, loving, angelic experience. Um, I was also, uh, I was also shown things about what my, they were telling me that it wasn't my time and I was going to come back. So they were showing me what my life uh, purpose was going to be. And um, I saw things like symbols, like yin and yang. And I had kind of a deep impression of what that meant, the balance, right? The balance of life. Um but I saw a lot of different things in that experience. And then I was returned to, to, and I was revived by a lifeguard in the swimming pool and returned into my body. Um, and I had conscious memory of it. It was very, very crystal clear for me what I experienced. Um, and then over the years, I had really a lot of extraordinary spiritual experiences after that, including other out of body and death experiences. So, and I, and also I became really kind of, I guess, psychic as, as a four-year-old. So I think that, and I think this happens, you probably know more than I do because you interview a lot of people, but that a lot of times when you have an NDE, it kind of activates psychic abilities in, in the person. Do you, do, have you heard a lot of people say that? Oh yeah, it's common. And there's even a medical condition called savant mm -hmm. syndrome that's a, a medically documented condition where um, if someone has some kind of impact to their central nervous system, it mm -hmm. does something to them where they become like a painter or a musician or a mathematician. Mm -hmm. They don't really, they never included psychic abilities, but I feel like psychic abilities should be included with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see also how that happened just from my own experiences later that as four year old, you know, it's like, I knew what I knew and I knew what I experienced, but later when I started to have other experiences of out of body and death experiences, I started to get shown different things. So it's kind of like I got deeper and deeper and deeper into understanding the non-physical world. Mm -hmm. Um, at another time that I had another near death experience or came out of my body, I was asleep in my, I was asleep. And then I, I woke up and I, I looked down and there was this white thing and I zoomed in and it was me. And I was like, 
wait a minute, am I, am I dead? You know, I started to feel for my body and it wasn't there. And, and I heard a voice say, well, do you want to be dead? And uh, I was going through a lot of depression. I had just lost my, my soulmate and uh, he drowned. I dreamt of it before it happened and, and I was depressed. So I was like, well, yes. And then I, I thought about my daughter and I was like, no. And right when that happened, I sat up and I had fallen asleep in my bed with gum in my mouth and it flattened and slid down my throat and cut off my air supply. So I was coming out of my body. In that case, I didn't see as much as I did the first time when I went to the angelic rooms. But then later, I also had other death experiences and fully came out of my body and fully went and met God, um, if you will, and uh, and saw a lot of a lot of things. I was shown the whole story of humanity. I was shown the beginning of time, the, the galactic wars that happened before we incarnated on Earth. I was shown. Um, I was shown what we're dealing with with COVID. I was shown what we're going to be dealing with in future events. It was like I saw this whole story. So I kind of am aware of where we're at in the story of humanity and, and what's unfolding as well as even my own life and, and things that were going to happen in my personal life. So, well, I'm glad we got an hour because we've got a lot to cover. Can you tell yeah. us about your experience encountering God and then we'll go on from there? Yeah. So in it, it's so hard to explain in human terms, right? But for me, it was like first going into this light and understanding this overwhelming, completely all-encompassing, loving being or energy. It's an energy, right? And then it was also realizing and seeing that that energy was vibrating and moving through all living things. Me, you, the dog, the grass, the tree, the bee, the little dust particles, the air, that being, that vibrating essence of love is everywhere and all encompassing. So it's kind of like I understood all of a sudden God, but that God is everywhere. And I also saw vibrational colors. I don't know how to describe it because it's like a vibration that you're feeling too. So I saw colors and I saw beings and I saw how we're all connected and I started to understand quantum physics and, and, um, and vibration, right. And frequency and understanding how, why love is so important, why we were always given the codes of love and to love one another, because it literally is your vibration. And when you fall out of alignment with that, you suffer. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's because you're out of alignment with, you know, the vibration of your own being. Mm -hmm. And in a sense that God is you. So you're a spark of the divine. Right. So it's I hope that I explain that as well as I can, because it's kind of like we're all part of that God. If you don't mind just backtracking for a second, how did you wind up getting out of your body to experience that in the first place? Well, that's a, a long story because it kind of was like a lot of events leading up to that. But I I lost a baby. And I was really devastated about it. Super depressed. I was, uh, I was, I was devastated. I was crushed. I had gone through a whole lot of hardship in my life. And I mean, a lot. And I, and I tried so hard. I tried to do everything the right way. I put myself through college. I raised a kid by myself. I did all these things and I, 
and suffering so much and I didn't understand. And then here the baby goes and it just, it, it killed me inside. And I felt I, it was an overwhelming kind of darkness that I was in because I had been dealing with depression and everything else for so long and trying so hard to be a good person. And so after that baby, I started to really pray and meditate. I had failed relationships and failed work and put myself through college for nothing for this job. And just as horrible things were always happening and I didn't understand. And so I, I decided that I didn't ever want to date another person again unless they believed in a higher power. And I decided that I was going to drop everything I was doing and go meet God. So I started to study every religion. I started to study every single ideal about uh, chakra systems and and religious beliefs. And, And then I started to make a pile, what's truth and what's not. And I really started to study. I became an adept student, if you will. And um, at the same time that that was happening, I still had this partner that I had the baby with, and he was a real schmuck of a person. And um, he didn't, he didn't love me. And he, you know, so it was like his behavior was just, it was very bad. And so I, I was getting my heart broken by him very much so. And yet I made a promise that I was going to go into that relationship fully loving him the way that I believe that God wanted us to love one another, right? Unconditionally accepting all that he is. And so I started to walk that path of truly loving him unconditionally, even though he was destroying me. And I literally felt at some point in that relationship and all while that was happening, I was starting to I was starting to get this phenomenon that was happening to me where I was starting to see the spirit in the trees and, the, and they were talking to me and I could hear their voices and I could see the souls and the flowers. And I was just starting to have this awakening, a spiritual awakening. And that's what it is. But at the time I didn't know what it was, right. I just started to experience these things and it was profound. It was like, I was, tuning in to God. And I was tuning into the soul of everything. And I was praying and I was meditating and I was doing everything I was felt I needed to do. And pretty soon the guy that I was dating eventually did some really bad stuff. And it caused, I just felt my heart go, I literally heard it tear open. And I felt a tear happen from right here, all the way down to my belly button. And when that happened, it's like, I came out of my body. You've heard of people dying of broken hearts, right? I basically died of a broken heart (laughs) and uh, went to God. And then when I, and I came out of my body, I, I came out of my body and I got shown. It was really interesting because it's like when that happened, I, I went to another dimension, if you will. I left my body. I couldn't take it anymore. And it's like, I was out of here. (laughs) You know, screw this place. I'm gone. That's it. I've done everything for everyone that I can do. And I'm out of here. And so I went to that another dimension and I was shown, you know, God and everything else there, but I was also shown a lot of other things in regards to um, galactic beings and um, interdimensional beings uh, in different dimensions on the way to source. Now, you mentioned meeting God, but you didn't mention meeting any 
religious figures like Jesus or any other religions. Uh, were you religious at the time? I was not religious at the time of that experience. And by the way, in that experience, in my understanding of God, I also saw lots of versions of God, if you will, or, or, you know, it's kind of like there's so many aspects of God because God is all encompassing. So it's hard to explain, but I saw also a black woman that was God, a cosmic mother, if you will. You might've heard other people talk about that. I saw in, when I was four, when I drowned, I saw Jesus. Um, But I was at the time, being raised in a religious background that was Christian. So that could have had an influence on how I was perceiving, you know, what I was experiencing. But in my understanding now that Jesus energy really is a Christ conscious energy. So I don't know if it was an actual being or if it was just my interpretation as a four-year-old, that's, that's probably debatable for everybody. Um, But in this last case, when that one happened, it was, I saw a cosmic mother. I saw, because I was really studying and I, but I didn't know anything about the feminine aspect of God. And that was revealed to me because I had always known God to be a patriarchal male. And in this case, I was seeing a cosmic mother and I was seeing the Holy Spirit of a woman, a feminine. And I also felt the presence of prime creator, father God. So I was perceiving God from from a multiple perspective, if you will, because that's the way God really is in my understanding, you know, that that it's it's, it's almost hard to explain. Basically, every guest I've ever had has a different NDE from everybody else. NDEs Mm -hmm. are uniquely specific. And you've had multiple NDEs, and you were saying that each one is different. Mm -hmm. Why do you think... For you and everybody, each NDE is different. Is it just our level of awareness at the time or frequency or? Yeah. What a great question. I I understand that, that it is partially your level of evolution, meaning the higher uh, beings or your spirit guides or whatever, they're going to present to you what your consciousness can receive. So, when I was four, I knew of Jesus and angels. I was an innocent child. It was easy to see why that one happened. By the way, the last one that happened to me was four years ago when I quit smoking. And that one was a very ugly experience. I died. I flatlined four times and I saw nothing but darkness. It was a horrid experience. And it also showed me my death experience in two past lives. So I think that part of it is showing you what your consciousness is ready to receive. Because the human psyche is so sensitive and and frail compared to what's in the infinite cosmos. Not everybody's psyche is ready to look at a draconian being, right? Mm -hmm. So your spirit guides aren't going to put you somewhere where you're not ready or prepared or developed spiritually mature to be able to handle certain things. And secondly, um, I do believe that your your belief systems at that time, religiously or otherwise, is also going to influence how you perceive the energy of God, because God is all beings. So if you're not ready to see that God's a black woman, you're not going to. If you're not ready to see that God's a white man, you're not going to. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're going to perceive it. Perception's everything. Why do you think you went? 
to like a black void. What I understand about that particular time was I was being shown that I had to break a cycle um, that and all it's a long story on that one. But I went there basically to experience my previous life's death experiences um, to show what I went through in past lives from smoking. One of those past deaths was from smoking. One of the two, both of them were related to smoke because I've had multiple past lives, but both of them had to do with smoking. Although the one in the Renaissance days, I don't think it was cigarettes, but I was being shown that I caused that to myself and I had a remembrance of it. So partially it was to have a remembrance. Partially it was kind of like, to me, the way I understand it is When we harm another person, we have karma, right? We get karma for it. Well, when you harm yourself, you also have karma because you too belong to the divine. So you have to kind of clean that, clear it and heal it. I think that might have partially been part of that. Um, I also went through and I had already been fully enlightened, had my light body activated uh, and that kind of a thing. So I had been walking with God for several years prior to that. But when that happened, I got put through and I was warned even before it happened because I was in transmeditative state for almost two months and I was being shown a lot of things. I was clear. I, I went through exorcisms. I went through a lot of stuff spiritually that led me to see that I needed to quit smoking. And then when I did, I got led through through that where I had to fight for my life. And I think part of the darkness I was being shown was that I was suffocating in that lung. My soul was buried under all that tar. It was I was buried under there. And so that was part of the darkness I was perceiving, too. Another thing that happened to me after I had the four flatlining and then I had to start fighting for my life, which was a four year journey, which led me into breast implant illness also. But so but I've kind of had a lot of tough lessons. But anyway, uh, I went through what I call my own Garden of Gethsemane experience after quitting smoking, where I started to um, see in the astral world, millions of souls that died from smoking. And I started to feel their suffering in my own being. It was kind of like that Christ experience of the Garden of Gethsemane, where you're bleeding out of every pore. And I suffered tremendously for four years straight it was horrible i it was a horrible time it was the hardest time i've ever had in my life and yet at the same time i was understanding the on a soul level i was also helping to transmute that energy and heal it on a collective level some of my guests will will comment that when they're on the other side or wherever they are, that it's a place of non-judgment mm-hmm. and of complete acceptance. Yeah. And then some of my guests will experience hell maybe for being judged. So they're kind of contradictory with each other. And you mentioned karma, which I think made me think of the whole questioning that I'm at right now. Are we accepted or are we judged and, and, and have to, pay for that we are both because we are ultimately children of god and we came from the light and we'll return to the light we are eternally loved however 
we do, there's a realm, the fourth dimension, before you get to the higher dimensions where the, the divine love and the angelic realms are. And that fourth dimension is the astral realm, which is where all of your karma has to be cleared. And if it's not, you get shot back into earth again, and you got to repeat, rinse and repeat. You get the band-aid over your eye, you don't see anymore, and you got to start over until you get it right. You're not getting to the higher dimension until you get it right here. All right. I'm, I don't know if you can live a perfect life without creating some kind of karmic debt. Is there a certain mm-hmm. amount that's acceptable and you can move on? Yes. It's it's a balance. It's like the scales, right? That was a great question also because you're so right about that. It is all in balance. That's the yin and the yang, right? You, and also the, the source knows your heart of hearts, your heart's intentions and knows why you're choosing things and what your specific, um, you know, set of circumstances is. Why did you get that abortion? You're, the source already knows whether you were raped or you weren't raped or those kind of things and what led you to make certain choices. So you're going to be judged based on your own set of circumstances, based on your own heart's intentions and that kind of a thing. It's not about being perfect. It's about learning the laws of love and remembering it and walking it daily. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it means that you're, you're lining up with it. You're, you're getting an alignment. Hmm. Um, but you do have some room for error there. That's, that's, there's, it's a scales, right? The scales get balanced. Your karma gets balanced. All right. Well, you've mentioned that you've seen the future. Can you share with us what you have seen? Well, I've seen a lot of things and and part of, let me just explain this first and then I'll tell you some of what I've seen. Um, In the astral realms or the astral grid, there's lots of timelines, right? It's like a grid system. So at any point in time, you can go this way and shift your reality or go that way and shift your reality or there's multiple parallel universes. So there's lots of timelines. However, I've seen for humanity certain things that unfolded, including COVID. I, I foresaw you, 10 years ago um, that uh, the Bill Gates issue and people pushing vaccines and, and that kind of a thing. I've also seen bombs blowing up the whole planet. And I saw that it was wars between China, Russia, the United States and Korea. And there was nothing but a little leaf that, that was couldn't even grow out of the ground. Whether that really happens in reality in some timeline or not on this earth plane, let's hope it doesn't. And maybe we can shift that through our collective energy. But I have seen that that was a timeline that that what happens in the cosmic grid has happened or will happen somewhere in time and space. So there's a timeline out there where that happened. I accessed it. Maybe it happened on a certain dimension you know, it's like maybe there's multiple dimensions of this whole planet playing out. So maybe on one of those dimensions, it happened. Yeah, although I, I kind of felt like I was being shown, you know, the end game of humanity's story, if you will, kind of how we how we're going to go and split off in a new earth. I saw new earth. I saw the split off of, of the old earth and the new earth. I saw that I would quit smoking. I saw my twin flame whom I didn't know in the human world. I saw that I was married from the heavens to this uh, being that creator made me with. And I didn't know that person because I was with the other person that broke my heart. And um, 
after that happened within nine months, I, I met who he was in the physical world, but I didn't like start dating him or anything. I spent another 10 years having a telepathic relationship with him and developing this understanding that we were, we were, soul, we were married in soul together alchemically. So if you're shown that, from what you're saying, it's doomsday. So there's really no preparing for that. Well, yeah, I was shown that. But I was also given the Christic impression or the understanding that we can shift that timeline, which is why for the last 10 years, myself and many other light workers have been really working hard to help awaken humanity and to help people understand what's going on so that we can shift that timeline because we can. It's quantum jumping. We can quantum jump into a different timeline. Mm. But in order for it to happen on a global level, we have to have the majority of humanity understanding that we need to shift that timeline or we're going to blow up. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to say that and scare people because the last thing you want is people to be in that fear energy. But we are, you know, I mean, we're all in tune. We're all the microcosms of this collective energy. So we're all kind of in tune right now, aren't we? How could anybody not be that there's some, um, there's some stuff on the fan right now that's going around and, and we are all affected by it. I'm assuming that when you were over there, you felt love that's indescribable, maybe the love that you've always yearned for. Do you think that being in this realm or this density that it's impossible to feel that love? Well, it's not impossible. I, I think even after I returned that one time after the heart ripped open, I was in that state of love for over a year. I was in a high vibrational, very, uh, I was tuning into the angels and I was also able to come in and out of my body daily for almost over a year. And then it started to get a little dense again, because you're like, you're in this dense reality and people are flipping you off and doing these things. But I, but I've always been very in tune after that. I was, I was activated at that time where my light body got activated and I had etheric wings that came out and I had my, I had a full remembrance of my soul from the angelic realms before I came to earth. I had full conscious remembrance of it. And so it was, it's been easier for me to hold that vibration here, but I wouldn't say that it's, 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 it's an easy task, especially right now with everything that we're experiencing, because in certain ways, some of the darker energies or darker forces are really working against us being in that loving vibration. Mm -hmm. So it does make it really challenging. I don't think it's impossible to achieve at some point, but we're not there yet. Yeah, we're getting there in certain ways. Do you think it's possible that soon the earth will be changing into 4D and after this lifetime, you'll have to be able to go to 4D yourself or if not, then you'll have to go to another planet that's going to be still 3D? Yes, that's. I was very much shown that. Um, and I wouldn't even say 4D, I would say 5D because I think that as we're going through ascension, you have to pass through 4D, but that's kind of part of your own personal ascension. That's where you have to learn how to navigate that fourth, that psychic realm to get into the angelic realm. And so um, 
you're going to go that way if you're ascending. And if you're not and you're choosing to stay in that 3D mindset, then you are going to go to, like I said, the earth split. That's what I was shown, the earth kind of splitting. And one one group is going to ascend with new earth and the other one's going to descend with 3D. Only what I was shown is it's going to get harder for those humans than we've seen because of where we're at. And you can kind of look at the writing on the wall. It's already starting to happen. People are going one direction on this and the other in this. And it's a complete split. You're either a Trumper or you're a Biden person, or you're either a Republican or you're a this, or you're either black or you're white, or whatever it is that the division is. Those that are in that divided mindset are are kind of doing that. But those that are going in ascension kind of have to they can't lie to themselves, right? You, you still have to uh, stand in what you feel is true. And that's leading you in your ascension path, if you will, which is new earth. And some things that are happening in our political world really are a manifestation of what's happening in the psychic world. So we can't avoid it really. So are you saying that the people that are ascending are kind of stepping out of the whole divisive world period? They're not taking a side either way. They're just kind of leaving all of that behind and moving forward. I would like to, I really used to think that way after my awakening for many years until this last couple of years. And then I I can see that in certain ways, some of what that division is, is those who are choosing ascension versus those who aren't. So in some ways, unfortunately, we're still a little bit having in I guess I wouldn't say that it's a division thing. It's just that you're choosing to ascend and those that aren't, you're honoring their right to choose not to. And if they ever choose to, they can. It's You'll you'll meet them in the good place, if you will, right? But you can't stay where they are in consciousness. Every level of consciousness that we evolve in causes us to have a peeling away, like a death process or a peeling away. It's like you outgrew your ex-girlfriend, right? You can't stay there anymore because you outgrew each other. You, you moved on. You got a higher partner that's more fitting for you. And you can't lie to yourself about that. And it doesn't mean that that other ex-girlfriend was a bad person. It just means that you outgrew them and you guys aren't going in the same direction, right? It's kind of like that. And it doesn't make things necessarily easy because ultimately where we come from in in the good place, we're all one, we're all loving each other and we're all brothers and sisters, but not everybody's choosing to go in that direction at this time. So we sort of do have to have that duality in a sense. We're all part of it. We're not going to entirely escape it. I don't think in this reality as much as for a long time, I really believed that we were, but I I think it's going to be a process. If people want to ascend, can you give people any general tips? One is to most absolutely make listening to your intuition your number one priority. Trusting your intuition and really listening to it on a daily basis is is absolutely critical. And to understand which voice in your head is your intuition and which one's your ego. Because the ego sometimes comes and and tricks you, you know, out of your own self. So that's, that's the first thing that everybody needs to do is to begin to really, truly trust that, that the invisible uh, calling in their soul, the feeling, the, the intuition. All right. You mentioned that you met galactic beings in the astral, I believe. Is that yeah. how you got involved in doing starseed readings? It is. It, it is. 
um, there's so much there in the infinite world universes, right? Like there's so much there. And the way I explain it is it's kind of like looking in the ocean and how many, uh, how many fish are in the ocean? How many types of species are in the ocean? There's, we don't even know. Now imagine what's in the multiverses. We have, we have very little, we're very, uh, new to being able to remember how to access that again. And so for me, um, as I was going through that awakening and meeting God and all of those experiences, I was also introduced to uh, Pleiadian beings and other galactic beings and had a full soul remembrance that I was also, they were also our brothers and sisters and I'm part of that collective as well. So, uh, and that was part of why I came to earth to help humanity. And, um, and then after that happened, uh, over the years, I started to uh, channel them on a regular basis. So would you say that you are a star seed? Oh, yeah. We're all star seeds. We all came from the stars. All right. Well, I think some people will think that they're directly, maybe they consider them a star seed this incarnation, like they're, mm-hmm. this incarnation, they've came directly from Arcturus or Pleiades yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I know. Some people kind of, I think, are getting more into the mindset of I'm. I, it's you're boxing yourself in, though, in a certain way. From what I understand, and, and what I've been channeling over the last few years is, and what I saw even in my awakening is that ultimately, originally, we all came from the angelic realms, right? And then we developed ourselves by traveling into different planetary systems. Some people lived on Arcturus, and then they lived in Pleiades. People, most Pleiadians, and uh, not Arcturians, but other star seeds, first originated in Lyra, and then they went to Pleiades. Right, so we're eternal souls. We've been traveling around and, and uh, having lives and lifetimes and multiple lives and past lives, not just on this earth, but in other planetary systems as well. And it's just a part of your multidimensional self. So I get why some people uh, uh, feel that they're Arcturian or they're Pleiadian or whatever, because even in my awakening, I was shown that I was of the Pleiadian collective, um, but I was also shown that I was an angelic being, and I was also shown that I was part of Lyra. So I think that it, it's good for the souls, all of us, to keep staying open to evolving, because I think there's a lot more to us than just, I'm a this. I'm a single mom, right? I'm a doctor, I'm a this, it's like a, an identity and it's good. And as we get more into the soul of who we are, we're multidimensional. We're, we're more than that. We're all of it. We're everything. We're a little bit everything rolled into one. What do you think the point is of us incarnating on earth? My understand. I love your questions. You're really good at asking questions that I think everybody wants to hear. Right. Um, what I was shown, what I understand and I know to be true is that we originally were, we are, every person on earth is a highly evolved soul. And I mean, highly evolved, believe it or not. And they don't remember because they have their veil on, but not every soul that even was highly evolved got to come here. This is a, a master's mission, a master's program. And the reason why is because we chose and agreed that we, because, and we were chosen for it by creator because of our past deeds in other planetary systems. We proved ourselves as galactic warriors, if you will. And we were chosen to come here because 
The great mission was to cut ourselves off from the light to find our way back. We had already gone through these ascension th- uh, panels before, and this was the heaviest mission. You're going into the densest reality now, friends. You are the frontliners going into the densest reality. Now, can you find your way back to the light? That was our mission. And not every soul got to do that. Lots of them wanted to and didn't get to. And the problem is, is once we got here, we had ET interference. That's my that's my knowledge and understanding. There was interference. This is the the story of the Anunnaki's, and, and it's also in the Bible. So we started to get interference, and our DNA started to get altered, and that kind of a thing. And we got kind of tricked out of our our, our souls. So you think that there are ETs that are living off our fear and negative energy and want to keep us here. It's like totally. that's the way yeah. they survive or something. Correct. And that's why we can't get out of this realm until we get it right. Right. Because remember I said, we're going to keep coming back because we have to get it right. And they know that. And so they have manipulated it to where they can feed on our energy and keep us in that cycle, reincarnation cycles. We weren't originally meant to have to reincarnate like that, but it happened because of that manipulation. That's why a lot of religions don't believe in reincarnation. There were teachings, you know, it's kind of like we weren't originally supposed to be reincarnating. That happened because we were getting trapped in the matrix. And the matrix is like a, a it's like a spider web that's going to trap your soul if you don't figure out how to get through it without getting caught in, in, in the matrix. All right. So it was interesting that you mentioned that. And do you think that the reincarnation cycle is something new within the last 500 years or whatever the time frame is since all the old religions believe in reincarnation? No. Reincarnation has been happening really since the beginning of mankind, since the fall of Atlantis. So what I was shown, I I can only speak on what I was shown, right? But I was shown a lot. And I was taken to Lemuria or brought back to that uh, remembrance of Lemuria, which you might have had other people talk about that on your show also. But Lemuria is not in our teachings, right? Where do you learn about Lemuria? Nowhere. There's nothing to see. I've looked for it after I had the awareness in my soul and I couldn't find anything on it. But I had a soul remembrance of it and that Lemuria was where we were all first seated. Those first uh, star seeds and first beings that got brought to Earth uh, were Lemurians and in their Christic template. So you were divinely created in alignment with source and seated onto the Earth in a utopian existence on a utopian planet. We weren't meant to be tested and go through suffering and all this hardship and all that stuff that that really wasn't the design we were coming to have a utopian existence here in our physical bodies and yes we were going to cut ourselves off from the light but we weren't meant to sit and get caught in these never-ending cycles of suffering that that silliness because really yeah it's not it wasn't supposed to happen like that but after and what I understand, and it's it's not 100% clear for me, but what I understand is something happened to Lemurians. I don't know if that's when the galactic beings or the, ET, the negative ETs came in and altered them. Possibly that's the Garden of Eden story. And that's really related to the divine split of the divine masculine and feminine. So when they were 
lured into maybe lust or something else. Somehow they were manipulated. I don't know all the details, but I was shown that's a big part of it. That humanity's suffering is from that, that split between Adam and Eve. And uh, or that split between the twin flames. And then what I understand is that Atlantis kind of took some of that Lemurian templating, and it was also a very beautiful guy in uh, place, but more corruption started to happen. And then, as I understand, that's what caused that to fall in the ocean. And then it went to Egypt, and there was a lot of corruption and, and darkness at that point. So that's my understanding. Out of all my podcasts, which is like 200 and I think 60 something, I've only had one mention of Lemuria. And oh. that was these guys that they had jewelry and they were, we were going through all the metals and the jewelry or whatever and the way that the jewelry was made and the metal analysis of it that I think they were claiming that this jewelry, some of it was from Lemuria and some of it was from Atlantis. Okay. I would be hard pressed to believe that they had the jewelry from that place. However, um, what I do understand is that even Lemuria, even what you, I tapped into in having that soul remembrance of Lemuria. That's really loud, isn't it? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> is that your dog? You're going to have to edit this too. It's Mr. Bubba drinking water. I'm so oh, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. He's a pit bull and he's just loud. I'm sorry. Right, that's okay. I actually like it. It's fun. Okay. Well, anyway, um, what I do understand, what I was shown about Lemuria is it doesn't matter if that jewelry was specifically from Lemuria. It is from Lemuria in a sense because Lemuria is the earth. It's it's got it's like you're a star seed, you have a crystal in your brain. You you have a crystal in your skull. You know that? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I would assume that medical science would be pulling out crystals and showing them to us. No, they do. Your pineal gland is made of crystal-like composite. It actually glows in the dark when they do brain surgery on you. It's made of a crystal-like composite. So it's like a receptor, right? That's kind of what Nikola Tesla was talking about. It's a receptor. So you're a star seed. You have this crystal in your skull. Well, crystals on the earth also are, from what I was shown, are living beings. They're organisms that have some life in them and some gifts, um, and, and I think that's probably what they were referring to in terms of the jewelry, the was it crystals? No, it was out of, we were going into all this certain type of copper mixtures mm. that okay. naturally do not occur on the planet. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I, I think I can kind of understand where they were coming from, from what I understood at that point, but I don't know what they were doing. I would have had to talk to them to see if I resonated right. with them or not. Right. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if they're right or wrong. And I don't even, I mean, the podcast was at least a hundred or more back. And I don't, yeah. I, I can't even remember, you know, what the components of the metals were. But I think it was, right. I remember that copper was a big deal. Yeah. Copper is a big deal. And I just told my sister, and you should, and you should tell your audience, and I'll tell my audience that. You know, copper is one of the best ways to re uh, reignite your water. So we need to get back into using copper canisters and that ty- type of thing because it puts minerals back into the water and most of our water is kind of dead and depleted now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I did understand a little bit about copper. I just don't know. I don't know what they were doing. But the fact that they were the only other one that spoke of Lemuria should be pretty impressive in certain ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Can you tell me what are twin flames and how you provide twin flame guidance? Well, twin flames are a collective of souls that, um, and there's a few different types, but they're a collective of souls that were split at some point in this journey, right? Um, and so they were originally made in one soul, male and female as a, as a one being, energetically, maybe even in, in a physical body, I don't know, but they were originally made as one being on a soul level for sure. And uh, over time, they were split. And that's kind of the Greek story of Zeus and how the, the, they were split apart and they had to spend the rest of eternity looking for each other. Um, and so it's kind of, the way that I was shown from source is that this other being that I was shown in the higher dimensions was my other half, if you will, even though he's me, I, over time I had to learn that he's within me on a soul level um, as well, but he also has a physical body outside of me. And um, that's the stories that, that we got split somewhere along the way. Somehow we were originally 12 strand DNA beings or more and we're now down to two strands and they're even jacking with that right now. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on there. So are you saying that it's kind of like when someone says they have a soulmate, but it's much more and everybody has a twin flame? Well, I am saying that it's definitely more than a soulmate in a certain way. It's different than a soulmate. A soulmate's a a lovely experience and a twin flame is a very challenging dynamic because it's not like a hallmark romance. So you're not going to have that experience per se. Um, Am I saying is everybody a twin flame? Not necessarily in the sense that some souls didn't come and choose that experience. So some of them incarnated as a whole soul already in their being masculine and feminine energetically. And some of them, are in their 3D consciousness a, a twin flame, but they're not energetically in a twin flame paradigm. And um, and so and even some of the ones that are energetically twin flames didn't choose to incarnate and have that experience in this lifetime. So everybody's soul's journey is different. Where they're at and their soul lessons are different. And you're not going to have that experience in not everybody's going to have that experience in this lifetime. Maybe you chose to come and have a soulmate only or, or who knows what. So. Right. From what you just mentioned, that some people already have masculine and feminine energy. Are you saying that when they're twin flames, one has masculine and one has feminine? Well, I wish it were that simplistic. It's really not because, again, my twin flame has a body over there. But inside, I have masculine and feminine energy in me as everybody does. So in a way, we're already made that way. It's kind of like the hermetic marriage it's the yin and the yang within you. But when you really get that balance within you, if, if you're meant to have that twin flame connection, you're also going to meet that balance outside of you as well. So it's a, another master's program. That's really quite, uh, quite an extraordinary uh, lesson, if you will. Do you think that people who have not met their twin flame 
Are they feeling inadequate or something is missing in their life because they haven't identified the other part? Of yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of them that do feel that way. And there's a lot of them that are resonating with the topic of twin flame because they want that lover. But the twin flame journey is really not about the lover. The twin flame journey is about the soul. And so that's part of it. And if they're feeling empty because they don't have their twin flame, that's part of their soul work is to not feel empty, to start to learn how to love the soul. Because the soul is already masculine and feminine. Whether you're going to have a twin flame in your life or not doesn't really matter. It really matters that you're learning to love yourself. If you get brought or initiated into the twin flame journey, that's a whole nother story. But nonetheless, either which way, whether you are or you aren't, you still have to learn to love yourself and not be empty. You're empty because you're trying to go outside of yourself for love and you can't do that. You're not, you're not going to get fulfilled that way or eventually they'll die or something will happen. That, that's not your true spiritual design. Your true spiritual design is like the Yoda. You're already whole. I think a significant number of my audience are people who have lost somebody in their lives, someone close to them, and they're looking for mm-hmm. some type of some type of reassurance that we are eternal and we go on and their loved one is safe and happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I have been speaking to spirits on the other side since I was four. And I promise you that they are not gone. And um, they're very, very much here with us. They're here with us. And, um, and so I don't know how to, to, um, I don't know how to prove that to people, except that when I do sessions and I channel people, when I'm channeling, sometimes the person that comes through will tell me things or show me a gift that they gave that person. I had a client come to me and I felt, I think it was her mom, I can't remember, but it was her mom or her grandma. Somebody came through and they showed me the picture of a Fozzie bear. Remember Fozzie bear from the, I don't remember Fozzie bear. How would I know Fozzie Bear was for her? But they showed me Fozzie Bear and I asked her if they had given her one. And sure enough, they did. So when they come through, they usually will give me either a a gift that they gave them or they'll tell me a nickname that they use. They'll show me how they dress or they'll show me the car that they had or that kind of a thing to help them see that they're really there. They are here. They, they can be accessed. It's just an energy thing. And, um, and also it's a, it's one of those things where there, if you have doubt and skepticism, that's an energy that prevents you from having your own channeling experiences when you're doubting or you're afraid that they left you or that kind of a thing. It's sort of like an energy block that keeps you from, from being able to, to have them visit you. They're there. It's you that's blocked you that's blocked it's your energy that's blocked because everybody in your true spiritual nature can tune into them when you're in alignment but what happens is people get wounded or they get you know they have energy blocks they have other areas in their own being that needs to be healed so they're not getting in alignment i understand that you do shamanic healing can you tell me about that yeah um it's kind of hard to explain, but it's holographic shamanic healing where I basically will have a session with a client and I'm able to scan their light body. And I I do a little bit of mind mapping also. So I'm able to see where they're having distortions and where they're caught in the matrix really. 
And, um, and then I'm able to help shamanically heal them by doing shadow. Healing. It's kind of a combination of shadow healing and mediumship as well as energy healing and removing energy blocks so that they can get more into alignment so that they themselves can have astral traveling experiences or, you know, uh, mediumship experiences themselves. What inspires you about your near-death experiences that you've had? Honestly, um, because of how many experiences I've had and, and what I've experienced, I am so inspired just to understand my multidimensional eternal self. It gives me, I, I have no fear of death. I have no fear of humans. I have no fear. I, I have no worries about what's going to come or what's going to go. I, I'm completely just in the flow of the spirit all the time because I understand my, my eternalness. And um, that's inspiring in and of itself, isn't it? And I, and I, I see the unfoldment of every day of my life of the magic of the universe showing me how loved I am through all of my experiences. And as much as I've had hard experiences, as I've gone through them and evolved, every one of them became a blessing. Every single one of them became the most beautiful blessing that helped to shape me and polish me and evolve me to where I'm at today. And I, I would never change that for anything. All right. So you do starseed readings. You do twin flame guidance. You do shamanic healing, holographic healing. Um, is there anything else you've got going on that you'd like us to know about? I do psychic mediumship. I do Akashic record readings. I am trying to complete a couple of books soon. I know I've had, a, I, I have an audience also and they have been uh, pushing me and I, I hope they'll keep pushing me to finish it. Um, and I'm also preparing to put together some online courses. I have a few technical bugs to work out, but I'd like to start doing some online courses to both do some of the alchemical marriages as well as teach people astral traveling and just healing, healing work. But yeah, so books and webinars and private coaching, and hopefully eventually I'll get uh, brave enough to do live seminars. I'm not there yet, but I'd like to get there at some point. After watching this podcast, many people may want to just message you or ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, I'm totally open to it. They can go to ellenred.com. That's uh, Ellen and then red with two D's. Or they can find the Psychic Ellen Red page on Facebook. Or they can find Ellen Red on Facebook. Or they can find me on Instagram, Twitter. It's best on Facebook or the website. All right, Ellen. Well, before we finish up here, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everyone? I think the message today would be this. God or love wins in the end. And love and God work through us. So through us, we will win. Thank you for that. And Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. I wish you the best and enjoy the rest of your day over there. Thank you as well. Good to meet you. Nice meeting you. Good night. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.